Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good, too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut-scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to The Fifth Thing. If you listen to my podcast regularly, you may know that I was out for a couple of weeks and I had some people filling in or maybe you heard some reruns, but this is me back live. We're over halfway through April at this point. And on April 1st, I unexpectedly, but kind of became expected, lost my father. So when he went into the hospital, we did not know, which I guess he entered maybe late March he had just moved in with me. We maybe get into more later, but I'm just kind of explaining my absence and even the quote that I'm going to get into for today. And Mary's here with me. Hi. She has been at my house the last, <laughs> I don't know, over two weeks. And I had all my siblings in town. Uh, it was something that my dad was living with me for like a day. And then we had to call an ambulance. He was just having some problems. And I thought, oh, well, I'll pick you up from the hospital tomorrow. And then that was not the case. He was put on life support. And then um, my siblings and I had to make the decision. So the first email that we get into today is actually one of many emails that I got from some of you that listened to the Bobby Bone Show and heard Bobby uh, announce that my father had passed because I haven't been on social media. I kind of had to go away to a little like retreat for myself because there's just a lot of things happening in my life the last several months that it was just another thing that I realized like, okay, I either need to go take some time to, to heal and work through some things 
so I can show up and A, be a good mom and then B, just be better in life or who knows. I I just would encourage y'all, this is just a, a quick sharing of hope and that you are worth that type of investment in yourself, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's taking a walk or doing some breathing exercises. I know you may not have the opportunity to go away and actually work on yourself, but for me, that's what I needed at the moment. And I was working with a woman named Linda. And each morning we would start off with this pile of cards on the table and you didn't know what the cards were. And she'd be like, okay, let's see what the universe wants to tell us this morning. And so it would be our conversation starter for that day. I was doing some intensive therapy. So one of the days, which I'm holding Mary and I's latest Four Things Gratitude Journal, we each picked up a quote and Linda picked up hers and she said, okay, mine today is from Albert Einstein. And it's, there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. And then she talked to me about the quote for a little bit. And I was like, oh, I know that quote. Yes. Boy, Albert, we have that in our gratitude journal. So if you have our journal, maybe you have come across this one. I'm sure I've even said this one on the podcast before, but I thought I would just share this one again today because I was flipping through the journal. I was showing Mary that I'm now using our Four Things Gratitude Journal as a guest book for when people come over to record on the podcast. And so far I have one entry and it's Karen Fairchild because she was my last guest to be on the podcast, which I didn't even really get to promote that episode because I had went off social media by the time it loaded. So if you have not listened to that episode, I encourage you to do so. Karen is awesome. And she wrote down four things she was thankful for. And we also have an email about gratitude coming up, how it can strengthen a friendship if you kind of get a friend to join you in it. Okay, now I feel like I'm rambling and Mary's just sitting here. So I'm gonna have her read the first email, which is from Linda, but it's a different Linda than the Linda I've been working with. Okay, so here's the first email. Hi, Amy. So sorry about your father. Thinking and praying for you all. I wish I could share words of wisdom since I've been where you are now. Nothing and everything comes to mind. Cherish the memories. Give yourself and others time and space to grieve. Allow others to take care of you as you care for them. Maybe this will help. After my father passed away, a friend cornered me after church. How are you? Fine. It had been weeks since the service, weeks of doing my normal stuff. She stared me in the eyes and said, no, you're not. I wasn't, and that was okay. As I've heard you yourself say, it's okay to not be okay or fine or normal or whatever. It takes time and effort to process what is happening. Give yourself the gift of that time. Please take care of yourself and your lovely family. Linda. Linda, thank you for this email. And then many others that I got like this. And one thing that I learned from my Linda this last week is grief never ends. So Linda, I'm sorry for your loss and that you've you've been in, in my position. And uh, I just want to give everybody that permission to know that it's okay. There's no timeline for grief. Everybody grieves differently. And, you know, I had said something to my Linda about how I've already been through this with my mom and it's almost been seven years since she passed away. And I still sometimes have all of these really intense feelings. And Linda just said, stop, stop. Grieving never 
ends. So if you feel as though sometimes you might be stuck in grief, whatever you're grieving, it doesn't have to be the loss of a loved one. It could be a a number of things, but I just want to give you that permission that everybody grieves differently. There's nothing really sometimes you can say, but I did get a lot of thoughtful emails and I just wanted to express my thanks for y'all reaching out and keeping us in your thoughts and prayers. And um, just know that, yeah, if you're going through something like this, you're not, you're not alone. And hopefully you have somebody that you can talk to. You know, we all have different ways that we deal with grief in the beginning. Uh, I definitely used the downfall of Rachel Hollis to distract me from my grief. Now, right around the time that my dad died, some of you may or may not know who Rachel Hollis is, but she's a self-proclaimed self-help guru. And she put up this TikTok and then posted it to her Instagram about how she has this cleaning lady who cleans her toilets and that she has worked really hard to have someone come and clean her toilets. And I'm kind of paraphrasing her video, but that was basically the gist and how someone had told her she wasn't relatable. And she said, I don't want to be relatable. And if I'm ever relatable, then I'm doing it wrong, which I found to be interesting because I feel like she's built her whole platform on being relatable. And Really, my fascination with the story that was unfolding during that time and what was happening with Rachel wasn't about her downfall. I wasn't like obsessed. I don't I don't enjoy seeing someone go through something hard publicly. And clearly, Rachel's going through something hard. But she has put herself out there and sold herself and even her marriage for that matter. I just, I didn't know a lot, a lot about her. So when the story was everywhere, it's like I couldn't get enough. Like I needed to know where she began, what all she was about, what happened with her marriage and how they were literally selling like marriage conference tickets over a thousand dollars. Yeah. A a couple maybe or a per, so maybe two grand for the couple, depending on like if you're a VIP or not. But then when they announced their divorce, they're like, oh, we've been struggling for a few years. So then I was like, wait, what? So then it just, it was just interesting to me how you never know what's really going on. And even with me sitting here right now, you never know what's really going on. You may not ever know what's really going on, even with some of your friends. And I don't think that Rachel and Dave owed it to the public to tell them every detail of their life. But I do think that there is a level of accountability to where if you're selling people that are in a vulnerable position and needing to come to a conference to strengthen their marriage and your marriage is on the brinks, like that might need to be disclosed. So that's where the rabbit hole really started for me. And then I realized YouTube has a lot We did some deep dives. (laughs) So Mary's been with me. And for about the first week, we both were just interested. But again, I want to make sure and reiterate, especially if you're listening and you're a Rachel Hollis fan, this is not me even bashing Rachel Hollis one bit. I am explaining a little bit how I was medicating almost with educating myself on what Rachel Hollis has done the last few years. And some of her stuff I found to be damaging and toxic. And I can even say that I have done things on my podcast that are damaging and toxic. And if you have a public platform, you have a level of responsibility to people that are following you and listening to you. And it has been brought to my attention constructively. I like constructive criticism. I've had definitely rude notes, but I have had really thoughtful, thought-provoking emails from you, my listeners, that have helped guide me in a different direction. And I've done a lot of growth and then realized 
different things that I used to do that, yes, were damaging and toxic. And I'm offering you now, while I have advertisers here, nobody's really directly paying for my product. Like you, my listener, you're not paying to listen to me. So that's where I mean, I guess it's a little different. It's like Rachel was selling her, she was like her and her husband, their marriage was a product for sale. And that's why I like some of the deep dives that I got into on YouTube. There's this one girl, Savvy. She Savvy writes books on YouTube. And her deep dives were interesting. She first learned of Rachel because she was reviewing her books because Rachel is an author. She's written like Girl, Wash Your Face, which is a New York Times bestseller. And Girl, Stop Apologizing, a couple other things. I've never read her books, although I will say <laughs> in a moment of weakness, Mary and I were at Target and I was like, I have to buy her latest book, which is called, yeah, Didn't See That Coming, which coincidentally came out the same year that her divorce was announced months later, but then her divorce was worked into the book, which obviously she had to go back and do the edits, which there was a preface at the beginning that said, I'm three days into editing this book and my marriage has ended. And so I was like, oh, wow. And it's like, hey, didn't see that coming. Like, I don't know if it was a marketing thing. I have no idea. But what Savvy mentioned when she was reviewing and and breaking down the fall of, of Rachel and her marriage and different things is she's like, I actually feel as though I'm able to do this constructively because she put herself out there as a product and it's like, I'm leaving a product review. And what I was doing was likely unhealthy. But I, I would say if you are a fan of not just Rachel, anything, even, even things I say, I'm going to, if anything, be way more careful in how I present things. I mean, as a public figure, yes, again, it's also allowed me to reflect on times when I too have been dangerous to people. And, you know, I don't need to go into all the details of different episodes where I'm like, oh man, I can't believe I said that or things I've said on the Bobby Bone Show, like, oh no, I can't believe I said that. And while I was never yelling at people saying you have to be this certain way as kind of was Rachel's attitude, like she almost, she yells a lot. I definitely, again, admittedly have been a part of spreading messages that could be toxic or triggering for some people. And I'm not a trained professional. I'll give Outweigh as an example. I co-host Outweigh with Lisa, who's a registered dietitian that has immersed herself in the anti-diet culture. And she is very well educated in her field. Now, what I bring to the table is different than her. We can co-host together and I can bring my experience. I have the personal experience of suffering from an eating disorder and disordered eating habits. But then I lean into Lisa for the real true wisdom. Now, while I've learned a lot along the way, I would not feel comfortable hosting a podcast like that without an expert by my side because there's so much I'm still learning and I'm not going to be perfect along the way. All this to say, if you're grieving, you may have distractions and maybe for some people, the medication might be, I don't know, alcohol. And I would try to be aware of that. Like, whoa, am I drinking too much at the moment? Do I have to have that extra glass of wine? That's what I did when my mom died. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, maybe that was my medication. And then my Linda informed me that my Rachel Hollis deep dive, which was very deep, was my medication and that it was okay for me at the time as long as I had a healthy perspective throughout because I did need that distraction. But needless to say, I did buy her book. It was almost like I used it as a study guide when I was watching deep dives on YouTube about it because whoever was talking about it 
would say, now on page 25, and I would like flip to page 25. There's a podcast that I recommend as well if you're looking to do research. And I think what I meant to say earlier, and I, I'm rambling and I got distracted, but was that I might have listeners that are big Rachel Hollis fans. And I am only saying some of this stuff that I have learned so that maybe you can go do some more research. So maybe you can decide whether or not you want to continue leaning into what she is saying. And maybe she'll emerge from this better. Maybe she'll put in the work and come out of the other side a a different person. I'm still not back on Instagram at this moment at the time that we're recording this. So I don't know if she's back on. Has she posted anything since her apology? I actually don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. So Mary has clearly not been (laughs) obsessed like I was, but I just want to challenge you on that. And again, this isn't a bash Rachel Hollis little segment. I am just sharing with you how I was distracting myself from grief, but then it took me down all these rabbit holes. And the internet is just such a crazy thing. There's so much information at your fingertips. And I will say, if you're a Rachel Hollis fan, she says that. She's like, everything I've learned, I learned from Google. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I Google a lot too, but I'm not charging people thousands of dollars for my non-expert advice. So, I mean, that's a that's a scary statement. But I mean, she's letting you know, she's empowering you to know that you have the world at your fingertips. She's also giving you all this life-changing advice. But a podcast you can listen to for like, I think a two-part, maybe she's even oh, she's doing-, doing part three. Yeah. Okay, she's doing part three is Kate Kennedy. She is a girl that lives in Chicago. She's an entrepreneur and author. She has a, a podcast and she's a pop culture expert, if you will. But her podcast is called Be There in Five. And I think she did a really good uh, look. Now, heads up, the podcasts are long. They're like two two and a half hours long. But in case you need a distraction from life, you're welcome. <laughs> For me, Rachel Hollis stuff was like the gift that kept on giving. But again, I just want to say before we wrap this part that I did it out of a place of like just wanting to research and more like fascinated with like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Not with a, oh wow, like a gossipy, I can't believe this is happening to Rachel. And I'm so like, no, I don't, I don't really have any feelings on her either way. Other than that, I would just say, I I don't know. I mean, to this day, like if she were like, Hey, can I come on the podcast and promote something? I would probably be like, oh shoot. No, I don't think so. And that's something that I learned. Whereas a few months ago, if she were to have maybe wanted to come on the podcast, I probably would have been like, oh, wow, she could probably bring a different audience and she's got a lot to say. But I, I hadn't done this extensive deep dive. So there's that. I also just thought it was a good reminder to take what you hear from people that are not experts on things with a grain of salt. Watch. Hearing what people have to say from their life and their story is powerful and you can take different people's stories and learn from them, but that doesn't mean you should do exactly what they're saying because their perspective might be different and she's not an expert in things. Like somebody was talking, was it Kate Kennedy that was was. comparing her to Brene Brene Brown? Brown. And it's like, there's no comparison. Like Brene Brown is a researcher. She's a professor. She immersed herself in the research for 16 years. And it's like, I'm listening to her. And that's what, I mean, I'm even sitting here saying, I don't know what you listen to this podcast for, you listen to the Bobby Bone Show for, but like, yes, take it with a grain of salt. Like take what you're hearing and then see where it applies for you, if it even applies at all, because it may not. 
again, we oftentimes are having, I, if it's my perspective, I am sharing, yes, a life experience, but I may have an expert on, but still, even- but I think it's great that you're sharing your experiences. Right. Somebody can relate to that and get something from it, mm-hmm. but you're not putting yourself out there as the expert and all. Right. And yes, I, I think I admitted before, there had times that I've done that. And, you know, we get calls on the Bobby Bone Show with people asking us sometimes some pretty serious advice. And I will say this deep dive did, uh, and then even my time with Linda and, and the, the woman, Linda, that I was working with was, is a, she's like 73 years old. Like she has years of experience and she was so just smart and had so much wisdom on, you know, our bodies and our brains and how we work. And I would have her on as an expert and I can listen to her. All I can do is maybe some days bring you what I learned from Linda and regurgitate it and share it to you, but credit Linda. Like, I'm not just going to like sell it to you as something that I'm packaging up with a bow on it and being like, hey, here you go. Yeah, this is going to help you, which sometimes what I learned is a little bit of what Rachel would do. And I think that on the Bobby Bone Show, if someone were to call in, like we can give our advice. But now I think I know I even want to like preface it or say on the backside, like, hey, hopefully you have somebody, if it's a really serious matter that you can talk to that knows what they're talking about. You're not the only advice. Right. Like if you're calling the radio show, like, great. We love hearing from people and we love that there's that connection. Or if you send me an email to the four things podcast for the fifth thing, like I love hearing from you. And I think that that's awesome. But I know there's times where I've gotten like advice that a therapist should answer. And that's when I reach out to Kat Defada, who is on my podcast network, that is a licensed therapist that has a podcast called You Need Therapy. And she will help me with the answer. She will actually type up her thoughts and then I will read her words verbatim and credit her because I don't feel equipped to be the one answering that email. There's so many different platforms where you can hear from people and that's what's so scary. So that's what I learned from my deep dive. And then those, in case you want to get distracted, I think I shared a few ways that you can deep dive into Rachel Hollis. All right, so a lot of us are guilty of doing that whole last minute shopping thing when it comes to holidays, like Mother's Day. You might be in that position right now, and that makes it challenging to find a great gift for mom. But don't worry, Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. So whether the mom in your life is a fashionista or maybe even a photographer or a fanatic about yoga, Macy's Gift Finder has got so many great gift ideas to make her feel special. Now, Mother's Day is May 12th. So make sure you make note of that. Don't have much time. That's okay. Macy's has got you covered. And you can shop by price, $25 and under or $100 and under. You can shop by category, fragrances, handbags, and more. Or they've got gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, or gifts for grandma. Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frame, Polaroid camera. That would be so awesome to receive. Or my personal favorite, man, I would love to get this as a gift, Samsung Smart TV, The Frame. Go to Macy's.com slash gift finder. Again, it's pretty easy. Just head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have. 
uh, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14 karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148. So that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like, I want research. I want to know, like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin. The results? Well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. All right, we can get in the second email. Okay, this is from Sandy. I've never thought of myself as someone with an eating disorder, just someone who has battled her weight her whole adult life. I never heard about triggers until listening to your podcast and realized that's been my whole life. My mom was on every fad diet, and that's a big part of my memories growing up. Dieting was never about being healthy, always about losing weight. My mom is almost 80, and even now, we rarely have a conversation without the subject of diet, recipes, or weight loss coming up. Your episode where you talked about how to compliment someone without talking about their body made me realize that she always makes comments like, quote, you've lost weight, or you're looking good, what are you doing? I know she means well, but I think this obsession has given me a very bad relationship about food, and I hate it. What is a gentle way to talk to her about this and how it makes me feel? 
I'm so tired of the focus always being about food and diets. Thanks for caring and for pouring into us. Okay, so Sandy, this is something that I learned from my girl, Kat, who is a licensed therapist. Something someone else is doing makes you feel a certain way. It is completely fair, especially since it's your mom and y'all are super close, for you to, in a very loving manner, non-confrontational way, simply say, hey, mom, you know, when you do this, and then give her an example of what it is, it makes me feel, and then insert how it genuinely makes you feel. And that can apply to any scenario, any relationship you're in, whether it's a friendship, a a working relationship, a significant other, that is a tool that I learned from Kat. Like, hey, when you do this, blank, it makes me feel blank. And that way the other person knows, and you're not coming from a place of like, hey, stop doing this, or I can't believe that you do this, or da 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 You're just like, hey, when this happens, this is how it makes me feel. And then it's up to them to take what you're saying and then hopefully implement change. So good luck with that, Sandy. I know that sounds like it's been really hard and, and many, many years, and we get conditioned. And you know, your mom being 80, she's she was probably conditioned long before you to be immersed in diets. And it's just sometimes... For me, for sure it was. For many, many years, normal, everyday conversation. I mean, Mary, I did it to Mary. When we were friends, it was before I was in recovery when we met. And probably how many different diet things did I talk to you about? You can be honest. A lot. Yeah, a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And it just was an energy suck and a time suck. There's so many other things that you can be talking about and doing. And I would challenge anybody listening. Yeah, that brain space. What if all that brain space was like... I mean, it's easy to be reflective and know that, but that's what we talk about even on Outweigh is like your world is so small when that's all you're focused on all the time. It's a very small way to live because it's just all focused on what you're eating, when you're eating, when you're working out, what you're not eating, who you're eating with, where you're going. It limits you. So Sandy, I hope that you can come out of that. Like, you know, if you have those thought patterns, I don't like hearing that you know, you say, oh, I have a bad relationship with food and I hate it. I guess I'm glad that you hate it, but I hate that you're in that situation. And I know what it's like to be there, but I also know what it's like to be on the other side. And it does take work, but I would just encourage you to be honest with your mom and approach it in a kind, loving way. And then hopefully she will hear you. That's all we can do. What's in our control is what we say in our our own manner, but then it's up to the other person to receive and hear. And then if your mom or whoever it is can't hear that, then maybe it's time to set some boundaries and say, hey, like I tried to tell you how this made me feel, but if I can't come over and and we have a diet-free conversation, then I don't really, I'm not going to enjoy coming over. We're trying to change the narrative for the next generation. I never knew diet talk was toxic because diet, we grew up talking diets Mm -hmm. all the time. So that's a really valid point, Sandy. I don't know if you have kids, but that's definitely something where you might be like, I don't know that I can bring my my daughter over. I'm just using daughter as an example or son because I, I want them to have a healthy relationship with their bodies and food. So good thing to bring up, Mary. Okay, 30 mail. Okay, this is from Christy. Hi, Amy. I would love for you to talk about how you handled turning 40. I am turning 40 this year and not sure how I feel about it. I try to remember that I need to be thankful for turning another year older and then not everyone gets to experience this. It's just 40. Are we supposed to feel a certain way? Can you talk about the feelings you had? What you did to make it not so hard? All the things? Thank you for being you. You make me smile and love everything you stand for and all you do. 
Christy, I love turning 40. And I don't know if that's what you were looking for or if you were looking for some like, I was terrified and this is what I did. But everybody has a different experience. I think turning 30, then probably 40, then 50, there's these different, you know, I remember being scared to turn 30. And once I did, I was like, wow, and my 30s were, my early 30s were pretty awesome. And then I experienced some, I don't mean early because of I was younger, but then in my 30s, I experienced a lot of hard things and loss. So I had to grow and mature and... So it really can be circumstantial too. And I entered my 40s two weeks before my dad passed away and I was excited about 40. And now I have a really sad memory associated with being 40, but I love where I am in self-exploration and I was more equipped to handle my dad's passing because I did some work when my mom passed. So what age gives you is experience. And I think that everybody has different experiences, but if you use different life events that happen and try to grow from them, then other things that come at you, you will approach them completely differently. I've approached my dad's death totally different than I approached my mom's. I went the unhealthy route. My eating disorder returned. I was having too much wine. I was developing unhealthy patterns. I was disconnecting from people. And what was it, Mary? Like a week after my dad died, I'm booking a flight to go do a therapy intensive. which I was so proud of you for doing that and like realizing that and stepping back and realizing like, I need to do this and- Yeah, so, and not that that's what everybody has. I I wanna recognize my privilege in being able to do that and having the opportunity to step away from work. And that's not lost on me one bit. But even if I didn't have the opportunity or the resources to do something like that for myself, I know I'm still in a mature enough state at 40 and that I could make other decisions that would be better for myself. Like what other therapy could I get myself into or what books could I read or what breathing exercise could I do or how many puzzles can I do and <laughs> how many bird feeders can I put in my backyard, which currently I have five. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she's not lying. <laughs> not lying. So I never thought I'd be puzzle bird lady, but it's good for my brain. It's good for me. And I feel more confident in my 40s than I ever did in my 20s and 30s. And And I'm learning more about myself, but because I have more life under my belt, which is leading me again, like I said, to down a path of self-exploration. And I think we should all be curious about ourselves. Be curious about maybe why you're super terrified to turn 40 and then really look at, are you, are you scared or has society told you 40 is just scary? Because it's really not. I feel excited about the next decade. And Mary will get this. Some of you may not, but it has to do this whole exercise that I did with Linda. But I feel like in my 40s, I'm going to spread my wings (laughs) like a bird. And, you know, I see the sun and that means like there's bright days ahead for me. And that is how I feel about my 40s, Christy. So good luck. Happy birthday. I hope that my experience with 40... I'm not saying that this is what it is for everybody and I'm not yelling at you that this is how you need to handle your 40s by any means, but I'm just sharing with you what it was like for me. And I went to Austin with my girls. I went somewhere special for me to celebrate. And she didn't want to celebrate. 
I did not. So not maybe, because I was scared of turning 40, but I just, again, there's a lot going on in my life. It was and like I you just kind of wanted to not acknowledge it, but not because no, you weren't. I just I wanted to crawl under my bed and, and not do anything. But then Mary and my sister and Andrea, who I've known since I was 13, they all got together and we got a hotel in Austin and they put a life-size cardboard cutout of George Strait in yep. our hotel room waiting for me. And we had cake and we went out to eat and we went to a Pat Green concert, which we hadn't been to a concert so in fun. forever. And I love Texas country music. My friend Django went with us and he sings. And I'll just say this. It was a weekend I did not want to do. Then I went and it was like the best. <laughs> and we played ping pong, which Mary and I, let me tell you, <laughs> neither of us knew that the other person was like actually pretty good at ping pong. Yeah. I mean, I haven't played in a really long time, but. Well, I was impressed with your ping pong skills. So, which Mary ultimately ended up winning, but it was like by one, wasn't it? Or no? Yeah. Or by it was, two? It was close. It was, it was close. close. Well, whatever. In my memory, it was by one. Mm -hmm. But I was impressed. We, I we had were, no idea you had skills. We were neck and neck. Which then she reminded me that she played tennis. She won a tennis tournament that Andy Roddick was in or something. Yeah. Nine, 1992 Baby Acapulco Tennis Tournament in Austin, Texas. Uh, Andy Roddick was playing for the boys. I was playing for the girls. Mary, if you go down to my laundry room, oh, you I saw the see. trophy. Yes, I and I had um, Andy Roddick autograph it when we were adults. So Andy Roddick's first time coming in on the Bobby Bone Show. Bobby and him were just becoming friends, and he we were in Austin, and he came up to promote something maybe that the Andy Roddick Foundation was doing. And I was like, oh, Andy Roddick's coming in. So I went up into my mom's attic and I got all <laughs> of my tennis trophies and I lined them up in front of my microphone so that when Andy Roddick <laughs> walked in. I had all my trophies there. And I was like, like cool. what up? <laughs> and then I said, see this trophy? First place, 1992 Baby Acapulco. You were at that tournament. I don't even know if I knew he was at that tournament until he told me on air. Yeah, how would you know? Because I wouldn't know because yeah. he wasn't even famous then. And I, I think mean, he that's... said, oh, I was at that tournament. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> so you're telling me if I had stuck with tennis, like say I didn't quit, then I would have been basically a Wimbledon champion or something. Mm -hmm. So just saying, I mean, yes. And then I will, another activity that has come up in conversation, because I know Mary wants to try this, but I've done it is pickleball. If you have pickleball near you, I highly recommend you play because it is so fun. It's almost like a mix between ping pong and tennis in a weird way, because your racket size is so small. And then you're, but you're kind of playing with like this wiffle ball thing, but you're on a full size tennis court. Oh, it is on a full size? Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like you're on it. It's it's best try. played as doubles because okay. it's hard to cover all the ground with the little tiny racket, but it's a lot of fun. All right, next email, fourth email, and I think it's from Amanda. Okay, dear Amy, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months now. I asked my best friend in February if she would like to do the gratitude challenge with me. She excitedly said, yes, can we start early so that I can do it as a part of Lent? So we have been sending each other our four things and it has been so insightful. We have loved being a part of each other's every day and seeking out the best part of our lives in these small moments. I don't remember a time not knowing her and we are 41 and 42. Her husband found out three years ago he had kidney cancer. Unfortunately, the cure for him has been worse than the cancer. I try to see them as much as possible, but I live an hour away. This gratitude challenge has helped us so much that we have decided to keep going. Words cannot express our gratitude for this idea. I love hearing how our four things gratitude practice strengthens relationships. And whether you use our journal or not, it doesn't matter. You just journal four things each day. Maybe you do it with a buddy or 
You can have a, a group text with friends. I've gotten emails from people that say they do that where they each on individually come up with four things that they're thankful for. And then on the group text, there's four of them and they each send one thing a day. Instead of like each person sending Mm -hmm. four and it being too much, they kind of pick one of the four things and they all text about it. And it's a way of holding each other accountable, but then also learning what's going on in your friends' lives in a Mm -hmm. unique way. And I'll just say our journals, again, we still have some of these available, right? The four things, our newest, our 2.0 version, which is really corals and pinks and really good for this time of year, but they support Project MetaShare. And we talk about that on one of the inside pages of the journal and how it goes towards education. But I'll also just bring up too, we have a new like cool mom line. We've always had a cool mom sweatshirt and t-shirt under our Espoir line, which Espoir means hope in Haitian Creole. But now we're excited to announce we have a Cool Mom line. And the Cool Mom line is going to be supporting Project MetaShare. And they are trying to raise funds to get a new ambulance for their maternity center. And it's how they transport expectant mothers around. And Haiti doesn't have the best road conditions. And the current one is just not in that great a shape. So they would love to fundraise to buy a new little ambulance. So we are excited to be a part of that. Things should be up (laughs) if you want to check out. There's so many ways to get access to it, but you can go to theshopforward.com slash coolmom. There you go. Or you can go to shopespoir.com. But if you want specifically the Cool Mom line, then that's an easy way to do it. We'll have a banner on top of the page too. Yeah. You can just click on. So theshopforward.com or theshopforward.com slash coolmom. And we have cute pullovers like that say, I need a nap. So you don't even have to be a mom to wear that one. I'm not a mom and I'm definitely going to get that one. Yes. Stashiro is even wearing it. Uh, She said, everyone needs a nap, even kids. (laughs) And we have the new neck label for them, which is my signature. So yeah, Amy wrote out cool mom in cursive and that's our new logo. And so that's around the neckline too on one of them embroidered. It's really cute. We have some new stuff. So if you are looking for Mother's Day gifts and you want to be a part of fundraising for the new ambulance for Project MediShare, then you can feel really good about your purchase. And I know that I got a couple of emails. I have one here specifically from Crystal since we're talking about Espoir stuff. She was curious when the birth year sweatshirts were coming out. And I don't know why we ended up calling them born year, but it is your birth year. But we ended know. up, I we think we were trying to be a little edgier and different. Yeah. I know. I like it. I do too. So they're born year and not that it really matters, Somebody but that's what they're called. Somebody born day. Oh, and then Charlemagne. We like born year. Charlemagne the God, who's on the Breakfast Club yes. in New York, yes. he would he would always say, I think he sent me a text one on my birthday one year and was like, happy born day. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, what about born year? Because it was different. And really we use even our born year hats as just any special occasion hat, mm-hmm. which I, something special that I now have from my dad is his 1940. 41 born your hat. He loved to wear that. And yeah, he was our best model. He was a model. And that's one of the things he said before we he even fell ill. We had no idea he was going to be sick. It's so crazy. This is the night before he had went to the hospital. And he it was his first night in my house. He was laying in his new room and Mary and I were on Giving FaceTime. Me a tour of his room. We were, yeah. And Mary was like, do you have a TV? And he was like, no. And I was like, dad, you have a huge TV right there. He's like, oh yeah, I do have one. And he was so excited to watch Baylor play basketball on it. And he never got to see that, which he would freak out knowing that Baylor won the championship because he was a huge Baylor fan. And Mary and I were actually working on Cool Mom 
on FaceTime oh, yeah. when he said he wanted to be a, sh- a model for the shot forward. Like that was going to be his job because he he's retired. Now he's living with me and he could put himself to work and he could represent his age group. Yes. And then he never even got to model. But I have his born year hat and Mary had actually just sent him a bunch of new shirts and they arrived in the mail like the next day or the day after, but he never got to wear them. But I still have them and I'm going to keep them. And Linda my Linda that I did therapy Mm -hmm. with told me that anytime I am missing him really badly, that it's totally okay to just put on one of the shirts and sleep in it or cuddle with it. Or maybe I put on his 1941 hat and wear that Mm -hmm. and it'll help you feel close to the person. It's not something that's intended to make you feel sad, but if it does, it's okay. Feel that sadness and acknowledge it, breathe into it, and then see if you can move on, but don't suppress it. That's what I would just say. That's coming from experts I've worked with. I'm not trying to say I'm the expert, but I think that we need to lean into all of our emotions. And while the gratitude is great and thinking positively is great and choosing joy is great, but even with Pimp and Joy and my mom's message of choosing joy while she was battling cancer, my mom had a really hard days. And we did not brush those days under the rug. That's something more that my dad might do, but that's just uh, was kind of his way of surviving, was ignoring some stuff at times. But my mom, she really was in tune with her feelings. And if it was a bad day, we leaned into it and we felt all of those emotions. It's not that every day was like, oh yeah, I have cancer, choose joy. She also uses an opportunity to not just choose joy, but spread joy. So maybe it was a hard day for her, but if she was on the elevator with somebody else, she was going to compliment their bag or their shoes or say hi to them and ask them how they were, you know, how their day was going or how their treatment is going and talk to them, acknowledge them. Some people, now this was before COVID. Now people are going through treatments alone because of COVID, which is just so sad. But this was, yeah, seven, eight, nine years ago that my mom was in treatment and we would be at appointments and people would be there alone because- They had family members that maybe couldn't take off work or maybe they didn't have loved ones that could be there or they didn't have people close enough to them or maybe they didn't want to let people in on that because it's really hard. Whatever, everybody's story is different. But my mom would be intentional about making sure people felt like they mattered and they were special and she would spread joy to them. And so that's kind of the message of Pimp and Joy too. And I know that's like a whole thing in the in the toxic positivity. Toxic not positivity. Toxic positive. It's not toxic positivity. And you'll see that if you watch Savvy Writes books or different things. They're like, Rachel Hollis has these shirts that say, we choose joy. And I think Rachel, from what I can tell online, oftentimes was like, choose joy. Or just kind of yelling that like, we choose joy. And I was like, oh shoot, I really need to clarify that that's not what you know our message of joy is about. It is, especially in times of adversity, like try to look for special moments, but by no means do we ignore the reality that's around us because that's that's toxic and that can be a false representation of what's really going on and then you end up just burying the real feelings and it can come out in a, a different way so manifest is something else and we don't want that at all well mary thank you for joining me for the fifth thing i feel like this is definitely a long one yeah, but it's long. my first day back and honestly guys i don't know what's going to happen on thursday i have a four things episode that normally goes up and i can tell you right now i don't know if it's going to be something new or if it's going to be another awesome rerun that we put together maybe like a best of yeah. and then i'll return full time next week i'm trying to ease myself into work 
and that's just a decision I'm having to make for myself that I think is healthiest. And I know that y'all understand. And Mary was willing to come up and record this with me or otherwise, I don't know that I would have um, been able to do it. But she was like, let's do it before I fly out. She's flying back home today. And she's literally been here two weeks. (laughs) So I would like to say in gratitude that I'm thankful for Mary, I'm thankful for friendships. I'm thankful for people that show up. Like the minute my dad was in the hospital, the first night we all got home, I think my sister flew in, my half-sister flew in, my half-brother was on his way in and we got home and Mary had like sent food to the house and I got home. And so it was just how friends showed up for us, all different kinds of friends and family showed up was really special. And I just hope that either you're listening right now that you can be that for someone one day or that if you're going through something that, gosh, I feel blessed. And I hope that you have people like I have found. And again, I will remind y'all that I met Mary on Twitter. (laughs) So that's a cool story for another time in case you're brand new and you're like, wait, what? (laughs) You met your friend and business partner on the internet. And I'm like, yep. And also I met Lisa on Instagram. Again, my Outway co-host. And I only met Kat because she emailed me about being on Outway. So yeah, the internet is cool. All right. Hope y'all have a great rest of your day, Tuesday, whatever day you're listening to this. You're amazing. And we'll talk to you later. Might be Thursday, might be next Tuesday. Okay. Bye. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.